as I get into this message this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to begin in Isaiah chapter 58. This is option B, by the way. I want you to know that. You're, you're getting option B today. <laughs> plan A did not work, so you had to go to plan B. I, I say that totally joking. I had another message that I thought was the one, and, and God changed my mind. So this is actually plan A. I was looking at plan B to start with. So you got to always put a positive spin on things, don't you? <laughs> This is the God plan. This is not the Kevin plan. Okay? But I'm going to continue the same thought I was just sharing with you about being thankful and, and looking and recognizing what God's really done and what God's really doing in your life. We look in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11. It says, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that there is life in your word. Lord, that it does not return to you void, but every time it goes out, it produces good fruit. I thank you, God, that you are faithful, that you never change, that you love us, that you endure our rebellions, <laughs> and you continue to draw us to you. That, Lord, you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are the steadfast thing in our life that we can hang on to and count on. I pray that you would move in the rest of this service today, that your will would be done, that you would be glorified and lifted high in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, let me ask you a question today. Are you satisfied? I have a feeling that most of you would have a question that followed my question. With what? You know what that tells me? The answer is no. <laughs> because if you were 100% completely, totally satisfied, you would have said yes. Satisfied. But some of you immediately jump to, with what? That tells me there's some things you're not satisfied with. I would have probably had the same response. <laughs> Are you, are you satisfied? Where, where, where does satisfaction come from? We, we, we talked about some of that just a few moments ago, how, how we can easily become distracted by the things of this world, and, and, and we might even begin to seek after them sometimes and long for them sometimes. What happens when you get them? You want more. That ain't good enough. It, it may last for a day. It may last for a week, a month, whatever. That satisfaction will quickly, no matter what that time frame is, begin to fade. 
because those things are temporary. Get you a new truck. Man, you love it. It's great. It's the best thing ever. Would never want a different one. Let it go a year or so. And you see the new model come out. If your satisfaction is tied to that new truck, you won't be satisfied when the new one comes out. Maybe that one's, I don't like the new body style. I really like my truck. Well, wait till the next one. There's going to come a day. Wait till yours starts to rattle and vibrate a little bit. Maybe a little bit of rust starts to appear here and there. You have to start taking it to the shop all the time. There's going to come a point where you are no longer satisfied with that new truck. Maybe it's a, an intellectual thing. You're not, you're not challenged like you used to be at work or in school, and you're like, you know what, I just I want something different. I'm not satisfied with this. Food and drink. You ever had a good meal and say, you know, that was really good, but I, just, I need a little, little something else. I want some dessert to go with it, right? And man, you'll leave there just overly satisfied most of the time. And, and what happens a few hours later? I'm a little hungry. I, I wouldn't mind having a little something, you know? That, that satisfaction is short-lived when you put it into things like that. I, as I was praying this morning, and y'all, I'm not going to pour out everything that goes on in my life in front of you all the time, but I, I need you to know that, that I'm a person. I have things in life that I struggle with. I have things in life that I want that have nothing to do with church, okay? Outside of these walls, I'm a person. <laughs> I have another job, and, and I have ambitions, and I have a family, and there's things I want to see with them, and, and you know, I'm a normal person. And, and as I was praying this morning, again, I, I've got this one message, and, and it just don't feel right. I know that something's not right. This is not what God has. And I, I knelt on, in, on my knees in the office and began to pray. And in just a few moments, as the Holy Spirit is so good at doing, He, he began to draw something out of me. And I just, I, I said to the Lord, and please take this with a grain of salt, okay? God has a process of working with me. Don't, just don't read anything into this. I realized I wasn't satisfied. All, all the things going on in my life, I'm looking around, I'm not satisfied. And the Holy Spirit, in that, in, I mean, these things take place in, the, in, in seconds. <laughs> in that instant, he, he says, why aren't you satisfied? And he drew out of me something else, he said, and it was because my satisfaction was in the wrong place. I was looking for satisfaction the wrong place. He speaks to me and he says, I can satisfy your soul. That other stuff don't, don't matter. I can satisfy your soul. And I, and I begin to think about this passage, y'all. He says he can satisfy your soul in drought. What does that mean? 
It means all the stuff going on around you can be falling apart in, in complete lack and want of any physical thing. Drought. There is no water. That's what that means, right? He said, in the midst of that, I can satisfy your soul. What's the point in pointing that out? Well, to me, I don't know about you, but to me, it says, I might be going through all kinds of things in this life, but when I look to Him for satisfaction, it satisfies something in me that cannot be robbed away like the things of this world can. It satisfies something in me that goes beyond what this temporary life says. In fact, it spills over into the eternal things. He can satisfy my very soul on a spiritual level. Now I can be satisfied in Him. We often have a feeling of being unsatisfied. I would venture to say we spend a, a lot of time longing for satisfaction. But we're not looking for it in the right places. We need satisfaction for our soul. Psalms chapter 107, verse 8 through 9, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul. Fills the hungry soul with goodness. You know what it doesn't say there? It doesn't say He satisfies people with riches. It doesn't say He satisfies people with, with uh, fame. It doesn't say he satisfies you with a good job or, or uh, a, a degree from a school. or Y'all, I would even say it doesn't say it satisfies you with a family and children. I've seen too many times people put all of their joy, all the stock they want to buy in joy, they put it into their kids. And I'm not saying you can't enjoy your kids. But I'm telling you, those kids will disappoint you someday. And then what happens? You're no longer satisfied. But I guarantee you today, as I stand before you, as humbly as I can say it, if you will put your stock into the things of the Lord, He will satisfy your soul and it won't become unsatisfied. He satisfies the longing soul. The Lord wants to fill you. We're going to touch on some things here in a moment. He wants to fill your life. He wants to fill you. He wants you to be full. Satisfied. He wants you to be satisfied in Him, though. He, he in fact, desires... That, that we look to Him for our fulfillment. I'll give you a little, a little insight into Kevin. I love 
my job, my secular job. I, I've been there almost 20 years. I love it. There's been very few days that I got up dreading to go to work. I may have just not felt like going to work that day, but it wasn't because of what was waiting on me. It was just I didn't feel like going to work. There's been very few of them. I love what I do. And in an instant, the thing that I love can completely change. And now i got to figure out, do I still love this? And I find myself starting to struggle with, with where's my identity? Hear me, hear me, church. Don't, don't tune out, please. And, and I know there's a lot of men here today that have been through this at some point, and if you haven't yet, you will. Because you see, a lot of times our identity gets wrapped up in what we do. That becomes who I am. At least that's how I feel. That's how we feel. And then all of a sudden that changes. And you start to question, is that who I am? Is that who I want to be? What, what do I even want? As I begin to work through that in my life, you see I have this whole other side of me where I'm a pastor. I'm called by God to, to preach His Word and, and to minister to people. And I will tell you, in, in the flesh, there's one I enjoy more than the other. In the Spirit, there's a, another one that I enjoy more than the other. I, I'm just being honest before you today, okay? In the flesh, I really love my secular job. It is something that, that scratches an itch that I have in the flesh. I love the intellectual component of it. I love the challenge that it presents to me in the flesh. And then in the spiritual realm, there is nothing more fulfilling than answering the call of God and to serve Him in whatever capacity He calls you to. You want fulfillment in life. You want satisfaction that's where you'll find it. And y'all, I struggle. Okay? I love what I do on both sides. But you know what? That one over there, I'm constantly struggling for satisfaction. I'll have it for a little while. Maybe even a few years will run on. And man, this is the greatest thing ever. And then somebody decides to change something, and you're like, here I am again. Not one time have I found that, serving the Lord. Every time I do what He's called me to do, I feel that fulfillment, that satisfaction. It's there. He doesn't let me down. I'm not trying to tell you I don't ever have any struggles as a pastor. I do but I'm never unsatisfied with Him. I'll get unsatisfied with you sometimes, okay? <laughs> I'm never dissatisfied with my God. We go on down to Psalms 37 and 4, and this is one of those I really think you ought to commit to memory. 
I mean, and, and I mean that, I mean that, I mean that. Commit this one to memory. Psalms 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, we need to stop for a moment. And I want you to start asking yourself this question today. I've already asked you to say, are you satisfied? And I guarantee you, most people had a little bit of hesitation at some point and said, hmm, maybe, I think. Ask yourself now, what are the desires of your heart? What do you really want? You can delight yourself in a new truck. You can delight yourself in a family. You can delight yourself in your job, in your school, all of those things. Those things that you delight in will dictate the desires of your heart. Do you see the connection here? But if you will delight yourself in the Lord... I'm here today to tell you the desires of your heart change. You'll want something different. You will want something that lines up with Him. And He will not hesitate to give you those desires. But if you delight yourself in something of this world and you say, God, your word says you'll give me the desires of my heart, He'll say, hold on. You've got to delight in me first. You've got to find your joy in me first. You've got to look to me first. You see, the Word says over in the New Testament, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Some of us want to seek the kingdom but forget the righteousness. Some of us say, well, I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to do it all under my own power, but I'm not going to seek the kingdom of God. This is my kingdom. So if we, if, we, if we get those things in order and we begin to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost above everything else, in His righteousness, not our own, what does it say? All the other things shall be added unto you. So that's what I need to do to get rich. <laughs> Hang on. Rich in what? You know what God will do? If it's His will and there is the need, He will make you rich. In, in financial things. I honestly believe that there are people in this world that are wealthy because it was God's will. I believe there's some folks that are poor because it was God's will too. But we got to get it in order. We delight in the Lord. He will give us the desires of our heart because our desires are lined up with Him and where He wants us to be. Y'all, I need to be seeking His kingdom and His righteousness every day. If I want satisfaction, it's got to be in Him. 
Something that's eternal. Something that stands the test of time. Something that's not shaken by this world and the next news headline that comes out that will just rock you. It's got to be something that goes past anything this world throws at me. What are your desires? Do you desire things that you don't yet have? Or can't have? Maybe your desires are misplaced. Psalms chapter 1. Y'all here, this is some wisdom. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. All you uh, teenagers and young adults, listen to this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're looking to people for advice and they are not godly people, it would behoove you to not do that. It will serve you greatly to not listen to people that their life is in as much turmoil as yours is. Find somebody that's got it figured out. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like, listen to this, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You say, Brother Kevin, what are you saying to us? Y'all ever struggle to understand what I'm trying to say to you? I, I struggle sometimes to understand what, what I'm trying to get across. So I get it if you... If you so we're going to go through it real slow and real easy. It, it is very easy what I'm trying to get to. We're talking about satisfaction. Where do you find it? Well, here in Psalms chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, his, But his delight... Who? The man that is blessed. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Here's what happens. When you begin to delight in the Lord and in His law and begin to seek after Him and forget all that other stuff. Here's what happens. It says in verse 3, it says, He, the man that delights in the law of the Lord, the one that's blessed, he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Think about that. If you have a river, there is an ample supply of water. That is the nourishment a tree needs to grow. You will be satisfied. You are planted by the water. 
There is an ample supply. There is gonna, not going to be a time when you are unsatisfied, when you have delighted in the law of the Lord, when you have sought Him out, when you have chosen to not walk in the counsel of ungodly. You've chosen to seek Him first in His kingdom, His righteousness. You're planted by the water. Think about the roots. They take hold. They got something to grab onto. They grow deep. They get to the resource they need. It says, bring forth its fruit in its season. Why is that important? Church, I'm here today to tell you, the moment you begin to seek the Lord, to forsake the things of this world, to delight in His law, you're going to encounter resistance. It is a certainty. You just popped up on the radar of the enemy. Why am I telling you that? I'm not trying to scare you, I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to let you know that it's coming, but get ready. Because here's the thing. You will go this route, you will do it for a season, and you're going to say, I don't see the fruitfulness of this. But what does it say there? It says it brings forth its fruit in its season. There is a time coming when the fruit will be born from what you have pursued. When you begin to pursue the will of the Lord, you begin to seek His face, you begin to put first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and you delight in His law, you will bear fruit from that. I'm telling you that today because the enemy loves to come to us and he begins to put doubt, question. You can get this satisfaction real quick over here. Come on. Y'all hear me? I'm going to call it what it is. Sin is pleasurable for a season. Hmm? And it's usually pretty quick to get. It's, it's quick to find. Instant gratification, right? Well, you want something good, it takes a while. It takes time. Y'all, I've been married to my wonderful wife for 28 years. And some of y'all are saying you're a short time, or some of y'all are saying, oh my gosh, y'all are old. (laughs) You know, I'm in the middle of the road right now. So yeah, it is what it is. I love her more today than I did. I didn't know know what love was when we got married. (laughs) I thought I did. But it took time to get there. We went through hard times. But we've gotten to a place where we're able to enjoy each other in a way we never could before. We've both made compromises. We've both adjusted to each other. But it took time to get there. If I would have said, hey, in the first year or so, this ain't worth it, and bailed, look what I would have missed. And y'all, that is a feeble example compared to the goodness of God. Okay, I love my wife and our marriage is the most valuable thing in my life outside of my relationship with God. I'm here today to tell you that my walk with Him, my relationship with Him is something so much more valuable. 
And you may be sitting here today questioning, well, that doesn't even make sense. Aren't you supposed to love your wife more than anything? Yeah, I do, except him. And she knows that. And I hope she feels the same way. I want her to love God more than me. I've chosen to not rest all of my satisfaction in her. You hear me, church? Hear me. If I do, I'm going to be unsatisfied. I've chosen not to put all my satisfaction into my kids. They will let me down. I will be unsatisfied at some point. I've chosen... And I have to remind myself, this is that struggle. I've chosen to not look for satisfaction in my job. And in the material things of this world. Oh, I can enjoy them, but no, just no, they're going away. They won't be there for long. But my God never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He has always met my needs. He has always blessed me abundantly above what I could ask or even imagine. He has poured blessings out on me that I cannot contain. You may not understand that by looking at me. I don't know. But you don't have to. Through trials, He has held me. There's been times I didn't know if I was going to make it. But here I am. We've heard testimony time and time again from people in this church of how they were knocking on death's door. But here they are. Now listen, there's going to come a day when all of us leave this life. I hope it's when Jesus returns, but it may not be. It's appointed unto every man once to die, and then the judgment is what the Word says. But man, He has held me. He's never left me. When that day comes, and my, my ticket is punched, you hear people say that? I don't really know what that means. But when my ticket is punched, my time on this earth is over, and I know where I'm going to be. In that instant, the very next moment. Whoo, y'all, come on. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you know what kind of joy that just welled up within me in that moment because I know I'm going to be standing right before my Savior and I'm going to hit the ground and just worship Him and praise His holy name. Because I am that, in that moment, I am receiving the the thing that I long for more than anything. Do you long for the things of this world? Give them up. They will not satisfy you for very long. You see people that get addicted to drugs, what are they looking for? They're looking for satisfaction. They get it on that first hit. Man, it's great! And then they need it again. The next one is never as good as the first. They call it chasing a dragon. Can't catch him. Never catch it. 
But my God, who is rich in mercy. Sister Nell talked about it earlier, about his, uh, his abundance and his riches and glory. I'm here today to tell you, church, if you don't know him, you can. You may be sitting there saying, none of this makes sense to me. I've been taught all my life. You've got to get out there and get everything you can. You've got to work hard. I'm not here today to tell you don't work hard. I'm telling you, quit looking for satisfaction in it. I'm telling you, quit looking for, for that employer or that school or whatever to be the thing that is the answer to the question, are you satisfied? It's a means. It's a tool that God uses. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of 